In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. Hello, stackers, and welcome to Season 5! Yee! Oh, we're supposed to, we're supposed to cheer! Cheer! <laughs> Hello, stackers, and welcome to Season 5! Yeah! Yay. <laughs> 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 Just use one of those. Yeah. <laughs> we are excited to be back and starting this very important and very busy season ahead. And we've got a lot coming, so strap in and let's see where this season takes us. Before we get started, I did want to share a couple things. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening over the summer. We had a great summer in terms of downloads. In fact, we had so many that we charted. We were in and out of the charts in three different countries uh, throughout the summer. Uh, That's the UK, Canada, and Australia, where we were... Floating in the, <laughs> where we hovering. were, where we were hovering in just within sight of, of the charts. Uh, so it was good to, to see that we had that many listens over the summer. And if you were a part of that, we want to thank you for your listening. We also had a review come in and I asked the reviewer whom he would like to have read this. And he said, eh, I think Michael. And so Michael, if you will read this review. All right. Hold on a second. Let me read it first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is from, with no prompting from me. He said, ah, Michael. And so I thought this is perfect for him to read. All right. Let's see how many times it's going to take me to read this. <laughs> Just once. You're good. I made an Apple account for this review by Lolo Viking 227 Five stars. For the record, I hate Apple and their products. The fact that I'm writing this review voluntarily on iTunes speaks volumes. That's how much I love this podcast. I've been listening to this fun little podcast since earlier this year, and I wanted to wait until I was completely caught up to give my review. It's a fun, family-friendly podcast with lovable characters and a compelling narrative. Critical Role was my gateway into podcasts slash live streaming actual play. But Stack of Dice is a great bite-sized way to enjoy D&D. Highly recommended. Great. Thank you so much, Lolo Viking 227 for sharing that review. We appreciate you taking the time to do it. If you've not yet rated and reviewed us, please take a moment to do so. It's very helpful for helping others to find the show. And if you've enjoyed it, chances are someone else will too. So please help us out with that. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dice, And you can email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com or you can catch us and correspond with us live on discord check out our twitter feed for information about that have we ever received a negative review? not yet we have never okay. had anything nice. less than five stars. and he doesn't have to listen on itunes he could listen on something else. yeah he can listen but to leave a review oh. is the problem oh okay very few platforms allow you to leave reviews okay and podbean does not uh podbean does oh Okay. But that's not how he listens. That's how he's doing it. <laughs> I guess not. I figured I better get up to the mic now. Yep. With that said, let's plunge into season five. I am Rhett the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mum. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's For it. the time being. Oh, sad music. Who is ready to tell a story? Me! me. 
you need to say me, <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> as Catherine always sings everything yeah. she sings. Me. <laughs> Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. For the briefest of moments, we glimpse Womberbash and Tira through the portal. A wisp of moisture-laden air pushes through from their side. It turns white and shreds quickly to nothing in the cooler mountain air of Trand where we are. Looking through the portal, we find them standing slightly apart from each other at the railings of the dark-timbered airship, seemingly lost in thought. We are tempted to follow but our attention on the friends is shattered by a terrible explosion that rumbles in the distance ominously. Snapping our heads in that direction, we see a plume of green-white fire blast from the deck of the white airship as it reels away toward the white arms of the sea writhing below, its shadows sliding over the gray stone of Siragavan. The glare subsides in a moment, allowing us to see several dark bodies hurtle over the side of the ship. If the people are screaming, we're too far away to hear it. Standing at the railing, hand clenched before an impassive metal face, is the Reaver. He is at a distance, but cold malevolence emanates from him like a wave. Almost against our will, we are drawn with increasing speed to the shuddering airship as it struggles, listing through the clear valley air. In the space of a couple deep breaths, we find ourselves almost at his shoulder as he slams open the door of the aft quarters. His anger has been momentarily diverted by his wanton lashing out, but it isn't completely spent. His posture is still rigid, his movements tight. Light glows through mullioned windows, giving the honey-white paneling of the room a warm glow. He moves to a table in the middle of a comfortable space, standing for a moment in quiet thought. A map of Edelin and beyond is pinned out neatly. Blocks are scattered across the surface. Then, with a smooth motion, he reaches forward with a gauntleted hand to the peninsula of Trand, where a clay figure of a snarling wolf stands. He picks it up deftly, turning it slightly, this way and that in the light. A moment passes, then another, and with a shrug, the metal-covered fingers clench and the figure crumbles to fragments over the map. Peering over his shoulder, we see similar shards elsewhere, the southern reach of Dalhuin, the northeast region of Kazaro. A long sigh issues from beneath the mask, and the reaver turns to a mirror near at hand. He tilts it toward the light, mutters a word, and in moments the surface shimmers to reveal a weathered face. At your service, master, says a man, his voice loud and clear but not loud enough to mask the sound of wind and creaking rigging behind him. What's your word? There is a long pause as the reaver stands, staring. It is time to move. You will gather your forces, build more ships as you must, and sail south to come around to Moriga. It is time to strike at the heart of this accursed land. 
Indatus grows restless, and our enemies grow in strength. We will cut them apart. You alone are left for now. Do not fail me. Indatus will reward. Aye, Master, you have my word on it, says the leathery man. He bows, and the reaver's voice fills the room with a chill. You will, or you shall die by my hand if you do not do so at someone else's. Indatus guide you. He waves his hand dismissively, and the mirror goes dark. We wait for what comes next, but the familiar pool of unseen forces whisks us away from the room, and we fly noiselessly back to and through the shutting portal. On this side of the portal, the air is thick with oppressive heat. Although the airship moves steadily forward, only the faintest of breezes plays across Tira's and Bash's face. And even at this height, it feels as though they're breathing through a wet towel. The heat doesn't stop the green spread of jungle below you from exhibiting signs of life. Hundreds of feet down, flocks of colorful birds swirl through thickly crowded treetops, darting this way and that. Where jungle gives way to open land toward the south and east, dark shapes mark where herds of grazing animals crop their way through the lush grasses or start at the sound or scent of a nearby predator. Even here on the deck of your airship, life abounds. The small crew busies itself with a hundred little tasks, but their work isn't uninterrupted. Like you, they grumble and swipe at dancing clouds of hardy black insects that have mistaken your ship for a place of refuge at this altitude. These seem to draw comfort from causing you the least possible comfort by buzzing alarmingly close to your eyes and ears. The high-pitched whine of their tiny wings makes them especially irksome. Also, shortly after the glowing rim of the portal slides shut in the air behind you, raucous cries draw your eyes outward to both port and starboard, where the dark-tipped wings of gray-white gulls swoop about the hull of your ship, and they follow you as you glide through the air. And we come to you, Tira and Bash. <laughs> Glad I could make it. Yeah, the buzz. <laughs> Is the sun shining? Yes, very much so. It's a clear, clear, clear blue sky. Maybe a few shreds of cloud here and there, but very, very sparse. I need food. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Let's go below because I think we can get out of the sun. You go. Wombarbash walks off to try to find some sustenance. Tira is still gripping the, the railing. You feel it denting under yes, your fingers. splintering yeah. under my hands. And the buzzing of these bugs around her face and in her ears is just amping up that rage that was barely controlled before as they left the area. Tira stands gripping the railing, feels the wood splintering in her fist, and then a bug lands right on her temple, mm -hmm. and that that's the straw. <laughs> and she's going to roar and... Do damage to herself. Yeah, punch her own self in the skull and knock her full Roll self out. Roll for damage. No, 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 no. She's going to roar, and then, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Obviously, she's not going to punch myself in the head. And taking out my axe against a bunch of bugs is not... That doesn't make any sense. It's not that she's really thinking sensibly. You could smack your temple, though. 
Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm just thinking if I smack myself in the face. <laughs> uh, she's going to roar and shake her head ferociously and then sprint the length of the ship to the other end. Okay, the roar warns the crew and you see startled faces as they leap back from your immediate vicinity and as soon as you start lumbering forward into a run, that whole side of the ship <laughs> clears as the crew runs to the... Yeah. The, ship, the ship then tilts <laughs> to the one side. <laughs> Alarm bells start ringing. Uh-huh. <laughs> when Tira gets to the... Which side was I on? Was I at the front? I guess I was at the front. Sure. When Tira gets to the stern, she runs full speed in... That's right, isn't it? Yep. Okay, I thought I saw you guys going... No, I was okay. like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she runs full speed into it and grips that railing and then is just going to let out... And she farts at the same time. <laughs> you have approximately three seconds of relief from the bugs and then they start dancing around your head again. Why did we come here? And now, she's gonna, now she is going to sprint below deck. Okay. Womberbash, you make your way down the stairs. I'm in air conditioning and eating food. <laughs> Where have you been? Not air conditioned. You've changed into your linens. <laughs> I have this robe. I have a pipe. <laughs> oh, welcome. <laughs> oh, Antiphon. That, that was funny when that happened. Seriously. Because <laughs> like, he's like, I, I take off a flam, and you, and, you, and you go, he looks at you one brush and goes, Oh, how quaint. Cute. You're flying too. You've learned flight, idiot. <laughs> We're going to be referencing that until the end of this stinking yeah, thing. I, I love it. That was such a, a... That was season one, wasn't it? Two. It was such really? a throwaway moment. Yeah. It was... I, I wasn't expecting you to take off after him, and that was my, my initial response. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. Tira comes pounding down the stairs. Wamberbash, you've followed your nose, toucan-like, to the galley. There's that pot of stew that's still going. And maybe you've dipped the ladle in and you're (laughs) blowing on it to try and cool it off some. And you hear the thudding of heavy steps coming down the stairs. Okay, I'm going to turn and look and look at (laughs) look at her face and then just turn back around slowly. And uh, and continue blowing in the ladle and and, and sipping some food. Yeah. I'm looking for a, um some type of a bowl or something. Okay, yep. You find a bowl at hand, and there's even some uh, hardening pieces of bread. Okay, so like tack or something like that. Not quite, to, okay. not quite tack. Okay, but yeah, getting that way. Mm-hmm. Tira, you come down to see Womberbash in the galley, uh, fending for himself. Mercifully, the bugs seem to prefer the outdoors, and so they. Follow you a short way down the stairs and then head back up out the hatch. Once I get stopped at the bottom of the stairs, I can hear the buzzing still. And I reach up and there's one in my hair and I'm just going to rip it out and fling it on the ground and stomp it with my foot, leaving a little bit of a dent. Okay. Now that she is down here and she is sort of feeling what she feels, now she realizes that she is ravenously hungry. I don't remember the last time. I mean, we, I guess we ate... The night before the prison break uh-huh. in camp. And that was pretty much the last time. Yeah. And now it's about midday. So yeah. So you're working on at least 12 hours, if not mm-hmm. more. And a busy 12 hours and a nasty 12 hours. Mm-hmm. So now that she's down here and 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and the and the um, smell of sewer. <laughs> the the self control has broken. Yeah, at this point, she gets on here. She crushes the bug, and then she smells. <sighs> no, <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say something that was not gonna work. There's the rich smell of stew mm-hmm. in the air. What are they making down here? Is that stew? <laughs> <laughs> so Walmer Bash. Sort of detects what's going on, so he quickly gets his bowl and heads over to go sit down someplace. He doesn't want to be anywhere near the actual ladle or the yeah or the thing. At this I've point. seen the way he eats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so Tira, observing Bash kind of walking off with a bowl, clearly of food, is going to cross the room in three strides. Which, I don't know is that possible with my little baby, baby sure, legs. Absolutely. If you're hungry enough, I guess so. Cross the room in three strides and just pick up the ladle and start drinking straight from it. Scorching my throat all the way down. It doesn't, she doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, it makes you angry mm-hmm. that it's so hot. <laughs> right, and then, and which actually makes her eat even faster. Yeah. All, all restraint is dropped at the moment. Okay, so she's rage eating. <laughs> to quote Goonies, gee, mister, you're even hungrier than I am. That was Chunk. Okay. That sounds right. After maybe a minute of this, you're starting to feel the beginnings of the food hitting your stomach. And so you begin to slow down just a little bit, but you're still spooning mm-hmm. stew into your mouth. When was the last time we slept? You slept that night, and then you woke up in the morning to head down for the prison break. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it may have been... It was probably... I don't know if it was a full rest or not. I forget. It was a full rest was it? for mechanics purposes. But if, right. been, but if it's been 12 hours before we... Since we've eaten last, then, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's time for us to yell up, should I, or something. Yeah, well... <laughs> I'm sure that'll happen in a minute. I'll leave it up to the two of you to take it away. I get up and get some more of that bread because I've been dipping it, and it's softening it up. Yeah, I think we need to move past how how we're eating. We need to talk about something or do something. <laughs> well, I am not saying a thing. I can tell you that much right now. <laughs> well, we're going to have to. We've got some stuff to deal with Yeah, but here. you got to cool down first. I'm not even going to no, try. No, why do I have to cool down before we talk about it? <laughs> cool down, Tara. It'll Jeez. Be, it'll be more interesting that way. <laughs> it'll be more interesting in her present state. After three or four full ladles, scorching hot, straight down her gullet, Tira stops for a minute and throws a look over her shoulder at Bash. How can you be sitting there so calmly? I'm just eating. Mm-hmm. He gets up, takes his bowl, and leaves the room. No! <laughs> Sit down. Sit down. Yeah, get back here. Where are we going? What do you mean, where are we going? Where We're we going, going here. To this awful, horrible, putrid, infested jungle. What is this place? I don't know. Where's the Simmeries? <laughs> I was just going to say, you hear a little throat clearing. <clears throat> if I may, we are flying over Muwaka. This is where you found me. Wow. <laughs> a million years ago. Are you, you're from here then? No, no. But this is where we escaped in the apparatus. <laughs> wow, that Your takes favorite. us back. Yeah, that's a, that's a ways. I don't like that thing. Off to the northeast, over that way. Where, where's this voice coming from? <laughs> <laughs> He's an Italian, isn't he? No. He's not? What is he? He's Greek. Is he Greek? Yeah. Okay. Hey, close. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. The, the city of Abendele is to the northeast of where we are now. Is everything all right, Tira? 
Is everything all right? Well, let's, let's think about that for a minute. We're only about halfway through this enormously impossible task. We've barely escaped with our lives, and we just left the people behind to fend for themselves. Farron decided it was just too much and left us, and now we have to carry on alone in a ship that we're not familiar with. They have one even bigger. Does that sound like everything's all right to you? I can't believe you yelled at a summaries like that. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I yell at everybody. As you finish your words, you know how sometimes when you're speaking, you focus on nothing really. And then when you're done, then your mind opens back up and you realize where you are a little bit. Your anger abates just the slightest bit. And you realize that Isimeris is quailing. He's leaning away from you and he looks visibly startled. Wow, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Isimeris, I'm sorry. I, I just can't quite take in everything that's happened in the last day. You say we're... She's trying to marshal her thoughts to get on with the task at hand. What did you say? We're, we're northeast of something, or it's northeast of us. Say that again. I said the city of Abendele is northeast of where we are. Right. Abendele, we've, we've already been there, though. Why would the... Why would the portal bring us back here? It is some way away. It is not within sight. I have consulted with our charts, and it appears that we are some six or even seven hundred miles inland from the coast where Abendala is. What we need to find is the next pillar. Where's that? Where's our map? <laughs> it's with Peter. Oh, my word! Is it really? It no, I think, I think you apportioned his belongings. Yeah. Where's, where's the Peter's map? It should tell us approximately how close we are to the next target. It's in your hair. <laughs> it's in my hair. <laughs> You're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly Billy I am. I have a question about my bag, my leather bag yes. that I get the... Um, Tribbles. Yeah, tribble out of. Um, is that like a never... Like, can I put stuff... Is that like a bag that is like a never-ending like bottom? Yeah, yeah. It's not a bag of holding, if that's what you're oh, asking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. However, it is a magical bag. Okay. I say Accio, Accio map. What are we seeing as we look at Peter's map? How has it changed since the last time we looked at it? There are little trails of color across the surface of the map, representing the various places where you have dropped in. Including here in the southeastern part of the continent, you see a large area of colored part of the map where Abendala is, and then a sizable gap of just regular pen marks, and then the spot where you are. And so, yes, you absolutely see your location on you the map. You are here. Mm -hmm. Do we see, uh, does the map indicate where the pillars we've raised are? Ooh. No, however... If you will cast your mind way, way, way back to episode five or even six, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned that there were markings across the top of the map. Oh, that's right. Up across the top. And like they've been disappearing or blacking in or something like that as we've raised them. That's right. Groups of three have been gathering together. And so 
where there were once 24 individual characters across the top of the map. There are now 16 characters. There are blank spaces around where characters have condensed to show that the letters have drawn in and become one. Okay. So do the characters combine to create a word? Or like a symbol. Or like a symbol. Okay. But they don't necessarily indicate where, where on the map that pillar was yeah. or where the rest of them are. Because I was thinking if there was a somehow a pattern, like in other words, like if it was a circle and like mm-hmm. the one here, four and one, mm-hmm. you know, we right. might be able to like, oh, right. okay, it's right oh, here, but, got but it. that's yeah, not the case. No. All right. Tira stares down at the map, can see the basically you are here indication. Mm-hmm. What about geographical features that are shown right around where we've landed? You haven't landed. You're still in the I, Well, I mean, landed is in landed in the port, like where the, where where the portal landed us. Okay. Yeah. The most notable geographical feature on the map is what, a, what looks like a gigantic depression in the earth. Okay. Yeah. Like a good place, isn't it? Yeah. Start. It looks like we're right at the rim of a, a low spot in the earth. I wonder if we can see it from here. And Tira, taking the map in hand, is going to excitedly run back up the stairs Forgetting about the bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, not for long. Not for long, but yeah. <laughs> forgetting about the bugs, just grabs the map in her hand and runs up the stairs and just runs straight, I guess, to the first railing where she can see overboard and is scanning the horizon, looking all around to see if she can find this depression. Just then, one of my side bags that I have on like my rope-type belt is starting to get warm. Yes. And um, I, I notice it's warm and I kind of put my hand on the bag and my, my hand feels warm. And so I kind of open up and it's, it's my spoon. And so when I pull it out, it's, it's not scalding hot, but it's, it's hot. So I kind of hold it like with two fingers. What happens? It warms in your hand. Okay. The stones seem to glimmer the slightest bit oddly in the dimness of this room. All right. I'm going to pick up my bowl in my left hand, though, because my spoon is in my right. And I'm going to head out to where... Um, Tira is, and I'm going to be like sipping, eating uh, out of the bowl while I say, hey, here, my, my, uh, my spoon is, is hot. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. I'm just telling you. What do you mean you don't know? It's your spoon. It's done that before. Well, it's not always hot. It, his spoon has done that before, though, right? It's gotten hot in his mm-hmm. pocket. Yes. And now I have to remember what happened. Well, <laughs> like, the one time it opened, it opened up a, a portal, right. essentially. Tira is still scanning the horizon. She's moving along the the railing of the deck and just looking in all directions. At what point does she get around? Does she ever see it? As the cloud of gulls around the airship thins in one part, you do happen to look out and you see a very hazy, very distant, but approaching indication of that large depression in the, in the earth. Let me see the map. And I'm going to put my spoon closer to the map. Does anything happen? Nothing it happens. lights on fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> and then the ship starts to catch on fire. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a wooden ship. What's wrong with you? I'm going to point my spoon in the direction of the indentation in the earth. Anything happen? It might be your imagination, but the stones seem to glimmer just the tiniest bit as you hold it in that direction. I, I, think, I think we're supposed to go over there. Let's, let's, let's head over there. Simris, can we go to that place where there's a hole there like a bowl in the ground Asimri's turns and calls some directions to the helmsman who makes some minor adjustments at the control panel the ship alters course only slightly and you're nosing in that direction can we make this thing go any faster 
she's waving off yeah. all these bugs that have reconvened around her face. We could, says Monty, who has somehow appeared near you. <laughs> just like any butler does, just yes. appears at your elbow. <laughs> but it seems we're having some issues with our equipment. What issues? At that, the deck trembles under your feet, and there's a slight lurch of that. I think we should perhaps descend quickly, says a similar. Oh, it needs to be charged or something, doesn't it? About how high up are we? You're a good six or seven hundred feet up. Okay. And how far away away from the edge of the indentation? You're thinking maybe a couple of miles. Okay. So by air, we're going to get there in no time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, take us lower then, but let's just keep moving. That sounds like an excellent idea, says Asimaris, and he, again, bids the helmsman, who then makes some more adjustments, and as smoothly as possible, the ship begins to descend. What time is it, by the way, in the day? It's about midday, perhaps a little bit after. Okay. As you begin to descend, the gulls, sensing your lowering altitude, detach themselves from their self-appointed escort duty. And the raucous flock goes wheeling idly and giddily away. It's hard to believe, but as you descend, the heat becomes even more oppressive. Mm. More wet with humidity, and before long your clouds of little black flies go away. To be replaced by ravening hordes of needle-nosed vermin that settle on exposed skin for just a moment, then flit away to leave a painfully itchy red welt. The ship settles with relative grace among the drooping branches of a clearing. A watchful silence surrounds the broad, grassy expanse. But as the dark hull touches down and grinds into the loamy soil, the stillness is shattered by a bright red bird streaking through the open space, only to disappear into the dense foliage on the other side. That one movement breaks the dam of silence, and suddenly the air is full of hoots, bird calls, and insect noise. At the far end of the clearing is a pile of stone that has been stacked with a regularity that shows it to be a marker of some sort. Although you are no jungle experts, Tira, your short time in Kazaro's jungle lets you realize that this marker must be maintained quite often to not have been covered by thick vines. As it is, the brownish-yellow stone is covered with mossy growth. Catching sight of the familiar shape of stone, my first instinct was to say Tira vaults the, <laughs> the railing of the deck. But, I mean, is that, would that be really far? Would she, like, break both of her legs and stuff uh, if she jumped <laughs> off like that? You, you're positioned near a ladder, and so okay. you're, you're able to toss that over and make your way down as okay. quickly as you want. All right. Catching sight of the familiar shape of stone, which is a welcome sight to Tira in this dripping green environment, mm-hmm. she grabs the – it's a rope ladder – grabs the rope ladder in both arms and flings it over the side and just vaults the side and catches the ladder two or three rungs down and scampers the rest of the way. And once she hits that spongy floor, is going to take off calling over her shoulder, come on, Bash! And she's going to head straight for that rock formation. Bash drops his bowl but runs back into the kitchen area and grabs like four or five of those rolls or Uh bread things and puts it in his pack. And he runs back up and he looks at a and says, thank you very much for for taking us. And then I'm going to get over on the ladder and and come down. Oh, I'm I'm going to go with you. Oh, okay. Take inspiration for thinking to grab food. There's no telling what might await you. And so I think that's a good call. 
I've still got four handfuls of berries, which are likely rotten to the core by now. <laughs> it's only been a day. <laughs> Since I picked up the berries, I don't think so. Those have been there for a while. So heading back out to the deck, Wamberbash, you head over to the same rope ladder. A gleam of crystal catches your eye What's... just as you go over. And there you see the uh, humanoid statue on the deck. Oh, a thump. Yeah, that's right. And then you swing your legs over and head down. And Asimri's is following. Asimri's is right above you, right? Okay. You make your way down and squelch down into that loamy soil also. And she's already taken off by yeah. that time, so... So, Tira, you find yourself next to this roughly pyramid-shaped pile of stone. And as you get closer, you realize that there are interesting figures carved into the sides of some of the stones. They appear to be humanoid animals. So these are petroglyphs that have been carved into the side of the stone or marked with some kind of pigment that is able to withstand the, the moisture of the air here. Blood. Tira comes to a halt in front of the stones and kneels down in the muck to look more closely at the glyphs. You said they're humanoid animals, like half human, half animals? Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. What kind of animal? There's a mixture. Some appear to have wings and bird's heads. Some look like they have cat's heads or whatever. It's just a mixture of fanciful figures. Do I notice any markings that are even remotely dwarvish? No. Okay. And if this is similar to the people we met before. Right. So she's looking. Mm -hmm. She thinks, oh, this must be, the, this might be the same. What were they? Dwarves. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was your best conjecture at the time. Yeah. So she's, she's, is it three-sided? You said roughly pyramid-shaped, so is it... Uh, four are there side, sides Four-sided pyramid. Okay, so there's sides to it. She's going all around it, crawling on her hands and knees and looking closely. While we're bash, you see this from a distance. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Checking all sides, I don't see anything that I can read or make head or tails of. Correct. Okay. But as you're crawling around on the backside of it from where you landed, you see that there's a gap in the trees, and what looks like a trail. Okay, so this may be this is like a trail marker. That's a logical yeah, assumption. Yeah, it's what yeah. she's going to assume. So on the back side of the pyramid from where I approached it, mm -hmm. and she's kind of on her hands and knees, I suppose, as she's going around, so she, I would have to maybe notice that there is indications of a trail, less, less vegetation or something, right. as I'm crawling around there, and then she looks up and looks back over her shoulder to notice the trail disappearing into the forest or the, into the jungle. Yes. Okay. She looks at that apparent trail and looks back at the stone and then looks up over it to see if Bash is actually approaching or not. Oh, and, yeah. And calls out, Bash, I think this is a trail marker. Okay, let's go. A Simmeries is coming. A Simmeries is coming? Yeah. What for? Right, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, let him come, but hurry up. Asimri's, had he really been paying attention to what you said, might have been a little put off by mm -hmm. it. But he is, he's gotten to the pyramid also, to the near side towards the airship. And his deft fingers are tracing the lines of the petroglyphs also. What do you think, Asimri's? What are we waiting for? Let's go! I don't know. Have you seen any characters like this before? Or pictures? Perhaps distant stories, but I've not seen symbols like these before. It's, it's, it what are be, you mumbling about over there? Might she be comes language. Around. It might be just drawings. I don't know. Some of these pictures look like me. There's a pig one. 
<laughs> and there's one with wings who oh, looks oh. like a pig. <laughs> oh, Tara, hello. What did you find? What did you find? You're obviously captivated over here. I found a trail. Ooh, a trail. Show us. She's going to look at him in a bit of aggravated disbelief, like, so you're not going to tell me what you saw over here? Fine. What? Okay. He's like three feet tall, right? Like, he's like three well, foot one. I'm also right? three four, feet tall. Four and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. There. I mean, he's taller than me. I'm four oh, two. Oh, really? Okay. I had a feel. I thought he was smaller, even. He is small for a human, but not. Would it be weird to say, get on my back? And I carried him? It would. Okay. I won't. Because I, I, th- I thought he was literally like this little dude, no, and then no. his boot maybe made him four feet. Yeah. yeah. He's not Willow. Oh, okay. Aww. <laughs> okay, so Tira sighs a little bit exasperatedly, but just turns, well, on the far side of this pyramid, there is a pathway leading into the jungle. It seems marked on purpose for us to follow, so I think we should go. Lead the way. And then he looks at you, Wamberbass, and gives you kind of a... I roll. <laughs> and I'm like, tell me about it. This guy. <laughs> five years, man. Five years. <laughs> or five months anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Six days. Feels man. like five Trust years. <laughs> it's been six days I've had to deal with this. All right, Tira, you stomp into the jungle. Tira charges over to the edge of the jungle. And then before. She comes up short right before really crossing into all the vegetation and the, and the trees and overhang and squinting suspiciously into the jungle. And remember, last time we were in any kind of a jungle, that big old nasty thing came rolling out. We had to fight it. We lost our horses and all kinds of bad stuff happened. And she knows that, I mean, following the path is going to eventually lead to the pillar, she assumes. And she might as well get ready now and just pull her axe out and is holding it. Maybe not like at the ready, but... Like, yeah. at the down ready. Is the path as manicured as the pillar? I mean, the um, pyramid. In other words, is it maintained? The path also seems to be maintained. Okay. At least at this part right. here, okay. at the mm-hmm. edge of the okay. tree line. All right. Which in itself also seems suspicious to Tira. And does the path begin to be covered over with foliage to where it's getting darker as we go in? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Definitely got that axe out and just in hand... And then steps across and strikes into the jungle. Okay, and I think that's a good stopping point for this episode. Let's talk experience points. I'm going to give you each two, and then uh, let's hit the Norse battle. Uh, I think Bash should get some points for, uh, you know, being the smoother over with the summaries and being more concerned. Yeah, why don't you take one for that? Okay. Conversely, I think... Tira's reaction to Farron's departure was well played and probably worth two. Yeah. Does that sound right? We haven't heard the last of that, by the way. I have plans for something to talk about if we ever if it ever comes up. Any other uh not a lot of happens. Yeah. So. yeah, you flew and you landed and, and we ate. Yeah. And you jumped into the jungle. And we yelled yeah. at people. Yeah. Trying to break old friendships. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember impulsive. I have it like in all yep. caps with stars on either side. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and get that recap then. Alrighty. Tira is 27 points into level 13. Womberbash is 32 points. I'm sorry, 33 points into level 13. Great. Stackers, we want to thank you for joining us for the beginning episode of Season 5, and we hope you've enjoyed it. And there's plenty, plenty, plenty more to come, so please stay tuned. We're looking forward to continuing our story with you, and we are 
happy to be back into the swing of things. And we will see you here again next time, right here at Stack of Dice. It's a fun, family-friendly podcast with lovable characters and a compelling narrative. Critical Role... role. <laughs> right, you, can, you can spice it in, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Critical Role was my gateway into podcasts, live streaming. Actually... Critical Wolf. <laughs> Stupid. All right. It's like the last sentence. Yeah. yeah. You were good up to that. <laughs> Critical Wolf. <laughs> Just lean into All it. All right. Critical Role. What's my... No, that's too much. <laughs> Critical Role. All right. Come on, Michael. Get yourself together. All right. <laughs> Critical Role was my gateway into podcast slash live streaming actual play. But Stack O' Dice is a great bite-sized way to enjoy D&D. Highly recommended. 